there was funny because in the last one I started recording in the middle of us talking and there was like a sentence that began it, but that didn't happen this time. Oh, I'm so sorry. Welcome back to Kishanan, the podcast where we talk about wackadoo conspiracy theories and food. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. I'm Kelly. We are real excited to have our second episode because, you know, most podcasts don't get past one episode. We are getting to two. So we're pretty much obviously masters of content. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We have our our big list, by the way, of like all these different things we want to talk about and kind of noticed that there was a common theme. There were a lot of like smaller little ones that were all celebrity oriented. We're going to kind of focus on wacky celebrity conspiracies today. There's a couple that I think we we said we're going to be their own episode because there's some that are really really huge. But what do you, what do you have for us first Kelly? Like where are we going to where are we going to start down this twisted tale and path of famous people? We are going to start with one of my favorite celebrity conspiracy theories of all time. And that is that Katy Perry is Jean Benet Ramsey. <laughs> Based on the fact just that she looks like her a little bit. Yes, and there's some other things. This rumor, this conspiracy started with a YouTube video in 2014 posted by a Dave Johnson. It's since been taken down, but people have recorded it, of course, and posted it and added their own insight to it. But I want to start out with it also because it has a connection to our first episode. See how we're connecting things? Because we are masters of content. We are masters of content. This was totally planned out and not something (laughs) I I found in a Reddit thread late last night. As you know, JonBenet Ramsey was a child pageant star that was murdered on Christmas. That's morbid content, content warning, sorry. Mm -hmm. But she was killed in her hometown of Boulder, Colorado. And so some people say Colorado, as our first episode was on the Denver International Airport. And some people say that the murder of JonBenet Ramsey and the metamorphosis of her into Katy Perry is found in some of the, the Freemason murals in the Denver airport. Because of course it is. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's oddly specific, but (laughs) sure, it might be in the murals. That goes back to the thing we talked about last time, which is like, why, why would people doing evil things like leave a paper trail, right? Like, is it, I don't know. Is it sort of like in oceans 12 or whatever, when it's like, Oh, the master thief leaves their calling card. You know, it's like, why would you do that? How does that help you steal things better? How does that help you conspire about, Katy Perry better by telling people about it in code. So it doesn't, but that's the core of this conspiracy theory. So I'm glad you bring it up because the core of this conspiracy is that the Illuminati love to leave clues because they want to be found out. Have they ever explained why they want to be found out or that's just a fact? It's a postulate. We just assume. just a fact. It's what we all accept that the Illuminati are leaving us clues to figure them out, but no one's ever been quite smart enough. We've just gotten a little bit there. Okay, so this rumor started in a YouTube video. They claim that the murder of JonBenet Ramsey was actually a sacrifice in name only staged by the Freemasons to make her become a huge star as a cash grab. Um, well, because you have to finance that expensive Denver airport somewhere. I mean, the money's got to come from somewhere, right? Yeah. This is making sense. It, that JonBenet Ramsey ransom note must have been wild. <laughs> no one, we weren't smart enough to understand it. Okay, so yeah, so a lot of the Illuminati claims around the JonBenet Ramsey killing started because it happened in Colorado. The JonBenet Ramsey murder was like two years after the Denver airport was built. So 
we're in the middle of a big Illuminati Colorado situation. So there's two ways this conspiracy goes because there is a six year age gap between Katy Perry and JonBenet Ramsey. One group thinks that the pageant footage and the footage of JonBenet released after her murder was just old footage that they put a new date on. And she was already 12 years old, which is how old Katy Perry was when JonBenet Ramsey was murdered. And one group thinks they hid JonBenet Ramsey away somewhere to give her musical training for six years and then reintroduced her when she was 12. But that has a little less legs than the, the backdated or forward dated footage because there's childhood photos of Katy Perry, (laughs) which were obviously faked. That's the beautiful part about these theories is you can debunk anything by just saying, well, you know, clearly that's part of it. And you would know this. I would not know this, but in 1996 on like home video recorders, was, is there a way to edit the dates on that footage in 1996? Yes, it's fairly straightforward. I think even now, maybe not on your like home VCR, but, but you know, but the I mean, Illuminati could have done it, right? They could hire ILM or something to do it for them. Okay. Well, either way, the theory was more plausible to me with the, the faked footage and that JonBenet was actually already 12. But anyway, I digress. There's some similarities between the two, including the clothing they wear. They have a lot of outfits with same the similar patterns or themes. Some people think that's a signal. I think that there's only like a handful of, of costume wear designers right. yeah, I was, in the United States. I mean, so, you know, just because like somebody else likes the same clothes as you doesn't mean you are them. They both also wore like USA themed outfits while singing God Bless America, Jean Benet at a pageant and Katy Perry at the Super Bowl. And so that's what really cemented this theory for a few well, people online. Well, you're not going to wear like a big shirt with like the Canadian maple leaf while you're singing God Bless America, you know, so I'm just saying I, I'm not I'm not like a, you know, singer, songwriter, costume designer. But I, I think they cover that like on day one of, of, of designer costuming? class. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do. You have to stay on a theme. Um, there was one man who made one of my favorite comments because he said, you can tell that JonBenet Ramsey is Katy Perry because they have the same eyebrows and eyebrows can't change. <laughs> Eyebrows are fingerprints. <laughs> Didn't you know that? <laughs> they as cannot someone, change. As someone who spent hundreds of dollars on eyebrow shaving, I disagree with this man, but who am I? He very seriously talks for 10 minutes about how eyebrows always stay the same no matter what. And that's how you can tell if someone is a body double. Oh. Maybe that's how face ID on your phone works is it's really just mapping your eyebrows because it's just as biometrically, you know, significant as your mm-hmm. fingerprint. It's the same thing. And <laughs> in, in crime scenes, going back to that, I mean, they're always looking for eyebrows. So there's also um, some song lyrics that Katy Perry wrote in Dark Horse. And it's the lyrics are, she turns cold as a freezer, the fairy tale ending. She can be my sleeping beauty. I'm going to put her in a coma. So these are lyrics from Dark Horse, and they think that's Katy Perry secretly telling us that she is JonBenet Ramsey. Right. It's a cry for help. <laughs> or not a cry for help, but a cry for, you know, it's... Attention. More, bed, maybe. more breadcrumbs. Always breadcrumbing. <laughs> yeah. Always. <laughs> On the Illuminati circuit. There was also an interview Katy Perry gave where she said, I never wanted to be a star as a kid. There was no JonBenet Ramsey inside of me waiting to burst out. <laughs> But in fact, there was. There was. <laughs> no, there no, no. There it was the been. opposite. There yes. was a Katy Perry inside John Benet Ramsey. So let's see. Mm. I that was my favorite thing because 
Randy and Dave and Mike and all the nice men of Reddit who subscribe to this theory, they really latched onto this interview. There's also <sighs> Katy Perry said her favorite number is like four and and that's a number that John Benet Ramsey had heard of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how high she was able to count. Yeah. <laughs> she was only six. But no, I they like to say it's an Illuminati number thing because four and nine add up to 13, but I wasn't sure where they got the nine. I <laughs> right, right. You could also say that six and seven are Illuminati numbers because they add up to 13. <laughs> they, and there was one other one, which I quite liked. They both wore performance outfits that were checkered, like black and white checkers. And apparently a black and white checkered floor is huge at Illuminati and Freemason symbolism because it's emblematic of human life, checkered with good and evil, the duality. Mm. <laughs> so that's about that on the, the evidence of a conspiracy theory that I... <laughs> You're using, using that word very loosely. <laughs> a lot of air quotes happening here with evidence. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I will admit they did have a few similar outfits. But I also think we all had those outfits in dance class. So maybe the Illuminati is really connected to like preteen dancewear yeah. industry. <laughs> we'll have a follow-up episode on that. Or if you have any evidence of that, please let us know. Tweet us at Kishanan. That seems like a rough episode. <laughs> also, I will say that Katy Perry has spoken out about this, this theory. Well, that sounds exactly like what I would expect someone who really was John Benet Ramsey to do. Um, she did deny being John Benet Ramsey, and you're right. That's exactly what John Benet Ramsey would do if she were Katy Perry. So that's that one. <laughs> so do we do we believe this one, or are we pretty sure this is pretty okay. flimsy? So this is where I have to confess that I I don't believe this, but I want to <laughs> because that means that John Benet Ramsey had a much nicer end. That's true. Yeah. So we'll now we'll, she's, we'll she's a baby with Orlando Bloom. You know. It's yeah. Nice I mean, that's a much believe. better way to go. Yeah. To end mm-hmm. up. So. Yeah. So I mean, no, it's obviously not real, but I would like it. <laughs> that's we'll pretend. So that's kind of a modern one, but there's really a very classic celebrity conspiracy theory that that you know kind of sets the genre, and that's Paul McCartney. Right. Like there's a lot of stuff, you know, Paul is dead. Like, so if we kind of go back, I'd love to kind of dig into the, maybe the, the archetype of celebrity conspiracy, which is Paul McCartney in 1966. Right. Yes. Specifically November 9th, 1966. Oh, there's that nine again. (laughs) It's the Illuminati. This is what was the first conspiracy theory I researched for this podcast that did not connect to the Illuminati. So it was a little sad. No, there's a rumor that he died on November 9th, 1966. And the official story was that he stormed out of a recording session for the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, got into his Austin Healy, (laughs) and crashed. I don't know what upset him during this recording to make him storm out in such a way. But yeah, so that was the official rumor. And then, of course, that he was replaced with a body double, William Shears Campbell, or William Shepard, depending on which internet site you believe. Wouldn't this body double also have to be like a really accomplished musician? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I guess these Williams were. Yeah. Billy Shears is allegedly on the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club somewhere. I don't know where. And William Shepard, the other body double, is the inspiration behind the, the story of Bungalow Bill. 
So as when you say he's really on Sergeant Pepper, like as in his picture is like somewhere in on the album cover, because yes, I guess that album covers like a ton of people. Like there's there's right, all no, this, he was yeah, on so, it. Yeah, okay. Like, I, Not that he performed on it, although maybe he no. did because if, <laughs> well, I mean, if, he technically is Paul. McCartney. If if it was the middle of the recording, <laughs> has there been any connection um, between um, a day in the life? Because like there's that whole crashing yes. sound. Like I wonder about that. He that was his official response to this rumor because he had been asked about it so many times. So he made this album called Paul is live. Okay. That's different though. I was, there's a track on Sergeant Pepper called a day in the life and it ends with this big, I can't say the word cacophony. Yeah. And with like a scratching, crashing sound. Oh. So I, I was curious if anybody pieced that one together, mm. like to be like, again, because there's a signal, you know, maybe who knows? Maybe that was actually a recording of when he crashed his, his it's car. Austin Healy. Yeah. Because <laughs> would have had that. No, I'm sorry. I don't, I did not come across that in my research. I came maybe across his official, one. his official response album called Paul is Live, mm-hmm. um, where it's all about how he was alive. <laughs> So that's where Paul McCartney's career was at in 1993. <laughs> Post Wings, but, you know, I guess wing, Wings kind of, you know, he had to go do his thing. Well, there's also the Abbey Road thing, right? Because like on the cover of Abbey Road, the Beatles, they're, they're crossing the street and but right. Paul is barefoot. Right. So in 1965, a year before this, he did crash his moped and it was written about. So the crashing stories were all believable. And then... On January 7th, 1967, so a few months after the rumor, which is probably when the rumor would have become widespread anyway, back in the late 60s, he was partying with Keith Richards and Mick Jagger and a bunch of other people. And at like five in the morning, a friend of his took his Mini Cooper to drive it home and just crashed because he was on drugs probably. But the Paul McCartney's Mini Cooper was really recognizable. So a bunch of papers picked up the crash and said Paul McCartney died in this crash so there was like a misreported thing right. you know that lends credence to especially when things are yes. doesn't have the you know high level of fact checking that reddit has mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>? exactly <laughs> or wikipedia <laughs> but so this mini cooper crash happened the newspapers all reported it and then that was in january so in october in the united states in detroit a random man called wknr fm radio station in michigan at the time and claimed that Paul had died in a car crash and hung up. So the DJ, the next night, for no reason whatsoever, because Paul McCartney wasn't dead and there was no credence to this, he did like a two-hour live radio tribute to Paul McCartney, and it spread around the U.S. that he was dead. So this is like the equivalent of today when somebody like tweets about a celebrity and everybody sees their name trending and assumes it means they're dead, and then that all happens. That was like... The equivalent of that was calling into some radio station as a rando and just like making up some bullshit, which is literally what happened, which I find it so amazing that the DJ was like, obviously, this man named Todd from Detroit knows that Paul McCartney is dead before the rest of us. Yeah, it was kind of wild. What I found funny about this, which isn't true of the other celebrity body doubles or celebrities are dead myths, is that newspapers were constantly printing these stories. Like there's just there were constant articles online from different years, like for a good decade, saying it just that he keeps was going, dead. Right. <laughs> just continued, and, and they didn't even have the 24 hour news cycle to blame it on. Well, that's kind of why I think it kept happening. Like maybe 
you know, there were they, slow news days. They happened. Someone's like the Vietnam War. Had a, yeah, <laughs> you got the morning edition and the evening edition to get out. And like Katy Perry, he denied that he died in 1966 and was replaced with right. a body double. Because like, again, Look, it's me. I'm here. <laughs> exactly what he would say. Yeah, evidence to you that there's not a vast conspiracy to continue making money off the Paul McCartney name is Wings. It makes sense. Your logic is sound. I don't think you would be welcomed on Reddit. But let's talk about a more modern one, which is the punk princess. That there was, the, the, oh my God, the air quotes around <laughs> punk princess there were huge. But it is funny. That's how that's how Avril was referred to. And I'm like, you keep using that word. I, I don't think you know what it means. Um, so yeah, so apparently Avril died and was also replaced by a body double, right? Yes. Um, this started on a Brazilian fan website. So a, a Brazilian website dedicated to Avril Lavigne in 2004. <laughs> Um, and they said that she died and was replaced by a woman named Melissa Vandella. Basically, Avril struggled with fame after the release of her debut album. And so she started sending Melissa out for pap strolls <laughs> and to red carpet events for her. Right. So this was her original just like, you know, I, I kind of don't want to go do this thing, mm-hmm. you know. Melissa go. can go. Yeah, that's cool. And I get that. Mm-hmm. And around this time... People say they noticed when she started using the body double because Avril started dressing more feminine. So she used to be in her her skater boy dickies and and now she was in a, a tutu. But that's the thing. It's like it's not like the body double gets to decide what to wear, right? You know what I mean? Like the whole point of the body double is to blend in and it's you yeah. know, so but again, I guess it goes back to that that we leave clues to our, you know, nefarious body doubling. I don't know. I agree with you. It's like that Brady Bunch episode where Greg becomes a pop star because he fits in the suit. I don't think Avril's body double would get to choose to replace her wardrobe. I think there's just an Avril punk princess wardrobe. Yeah, and it could include a tutu. Why not? (laughs) Why not? If it's black tutu. They say that around 2005, after the success of her album, with the pressure of writing the follow-up to her debut punk princess album. Mm -hmm. That sophomore album, that's that's a killer. It is the killer. It's it's never quite as Maybe good. literally in this case, apparently. Well, it was because her grandfather also died during this time, which made me really sad to read. Oh. And they said that Avril couldn't handle the pressure and, you know. And so, anyway, they say that the studio had too much writing on Avril's sophomore album. You know, I'm sure lives were dependent. So they just sent Melissa out and just never looked back. And again, it's this theory that body doubles are just have the exact same musical ability and mm-hmm. sound because even the same thing. It's like even to say that, like it's that, that put it this way. If this body double was so musically talented, why does the body double not have their own career? Right. Well, maybe now she does. Now, you know, now maybe she does. Internet. Right. Yeah. The website pointed out that Avril Lavigne and Melissa had different freckle patterns on their chest and shoulder and arm. Except they did that thing where they do side-by-side photos and then circle the different patterns. But the patterns were the exact same. They just kind of rotated the arm. But one of them had circles around it. (laughs) It was so bad. And I was a little drunk. So I was like, maybe I'm just seeing things. But I looked again this morning. No, it's the same freckle patterns. They They just rotated her arm. So it looked like it was on a different spot in her arm. But her arm was just rotated. It's like a Trump Sharpie move, basically. Yeah. Yes. and But Avril was getting upset by this. And so she kept calling it a dumb internet rumor because people were constantly asking her about it. I was going to say because it, it was. And then, <laughs> well, it, 
It is because the Brazilian website finally said they made it up just to show how conspiracy theories can spread. Well, isn't that the thing? And not to go down this path, but like there's been so much stuff, other things that are much more tragic, but like anti-vaxxing and stuff. It's like you go back and you have the people like say, oh, no, yeah, I totally made everything up. And it's like, well, that doesn't matter. (laughs) I know it's. I'm laughing and I shouldn't be because it is how misinformation spreads. And we're in the middle of like an important time in the United States with a lot of misinformation. So I don't want to laugh at it, but it's kind of funny that after 10 years of this conspiracy theory and spreading it and making up evidence, they were like, we just wanted to show you guys. And the the people who subscribe to the conspiracy series, they a likely story. They got to them. Deep state is shutting it down. Clearly. So assuming that Avril has not done a follow-up album called Avril is Alive or anything, or not yet, you know, I mean, maybe maybe she should, you know, I mean, that'd be kind of a little like on the nose. And, you know, there's worse people to emulate than Sir Paul McCartney. You know, he's doing pretty okay for himself. So I want to think about that a little bit. This because there was a whole thing with Tom Petty, too. And we have to go into it. But I remember I remember that one. There was for a long time. There was this theory that Tom Petty had died and it was a body double. And people just keep saying this. And I'm really curious, like, and I know we're not, you know, classically trained in in this area of psychology, maybe others. But I wonder, like, why do people latch onto this? Because, like, with some of it, like the stuff we talked about last week, I think it's appealing because it gives you a sense of, like, there's things that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. And then, but you can give... uh, a clear answer, which is the deep state or the Illuminati or whatever kind of thing. Yes. But I don't think that's quite the same with this because whether or not Katy Perry was John Benet Ramsey doesn't impact whether or not like you can pay your bills, right? You're not getting screwed over in your life because of, you know, Paul McCartney dying and and not really being him. But there's a, there's something that makes people really attracted to this idea it's almost kind of what I was saying about wanting to believe the JonBenet Ramsey is Katy Perry theory. I think it's people wanting to make sense out of bad things. So that maybe doesn't track for the body doubles, but it does for the Katy Perry one. Well, maybe it's people want to make sense out of wings. <laughs> you know, all, this is terrible because wings is really not that bad of a band, but I just feel I like I can name like three wings songs. You're kind of running <laughs> this, this idea. Yeah. What's a wing song band on the run. Live and Let Die was, oh, was that, Wings. Oh, that's Wings. Or no, was it? Well, he did it for... for um, Bond, right? For Bond, yeah. So I yeah. think that was technically, I guess, considered a, a solo. The point is, well, like, yeah. Wings was not necessarily terribly bad. I think but, I think the problem with Wings is, and why we pick on them, is they're, is they're not the Beatles. Well, it was always right. going to be like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, you know, also probably... You know, it's the Illuminati trying to throw us off the trail of, of the body. Yeah. And oh, that too, even though Wings predates John Bonet being. Born. You never know how early they start before it's, pre-conspiracy. Th- 3D chess, Kelly. 3D chess. So we have, have a couple other ones. So there's one yeah. and I, I'm, I will put it this way. Uh, so we have our Google Doc, and this one is put in giant letters in all bold from Kelly, which is that Nicolas Cage is an immortal vampire locked in a centuries-long battle with John Travolta, who is also immortal. And then it says in parentheses, I had to copy and paste that because I was laughing so hard. Yes, that's why it was a huge letter. So is there more to that theory than just that sentence? Because that sentence could stand alone. Right. That almost is like full stop, drop the mic, episode over. So I found 
some good bits of information. I still, it's insane to me. So this all started because there's two. Really, really, what what part of that is insane to you, Kelly? <laughs> what part of I, that is not? <laughs> I think it's when I think about how the movie Face Off was not just a nice summer blockbuster, right. blockbuster, but was a the culmination of centuries of those two men. It's like the Highlander, right? <laughs> My, my friend Aaron said, does this make Face Off a documentary? That's maybe why it it's so funny, because yes, it makes Face Off a documentary. <laughs> they were trying something new for one of their meetings. <laughs> What's the evidence of this other than just saying it? Right? So, <laughs> there evidence also giant air quotes happening here on the stream. I can't compose myself. Okay, so there's two pictures of men from the 19th century. Um, that look just like Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. And I'm sure you've seen these because they make the rounds on the internet all the time. These pictures were both found in an album called Unusual Civil War Deaths <laughs> in Tennessee. And they were found by a collector and placed on eBay. And then people started noticing the similarities between the two men. And the bidding went up to like $3 million for this picture of vampire Nicolas Cage and the seller actually ended up taking them off eBay and never selling them. One, the John Travolta looking picture is from 1860 and he was a soldier from Tennessee and the Nicolas Cage one is from 1870, 10 years later. And it said he was a Confederate prisoner of war. Sure. The civil war had long been over by 1870, but I'm not (laughs) questioning this. Okay. (laughs) I'm not questioning that part. (laughs) That's the least of my worries. (laughs) I don't know when they let all the Confederate prisoners of war go. The theory is that these men reinvent themselves every 70 to 80 years (laughs) and meet for battle. This is Highlander. (laughs) Highlander was like, this is the mashup of face off and Highlander is what I'm getting. Also, somebody needs to like cut that video mashup of those two trailers together. That would be amazing. I just love that there's no, there's just two pictures that look similar to two current actors. And then this has spiraled so much with no evidence. So they say that it makes sense because Travolta is a Scientologist and Scientologists believe in reincarnation. So this is proof that reincarnation exists, this photograph. And there's no reason face off would have occurred. That was legitimately on a website. There's no reason face off would have occurred if these two men weren't meeting for battle every 70 to 80 years. There's just this theory that because of these two pictures, it's proof that Nicolas Cage and John Travolta are locked in a centuries-long vampire feud. Pictures are evidence, and they're very hard to fake. And Um, also, people never look like somebody else, ever. Nope. Despite the fact... So here's... Okay, here's my problem. Conspiracy theorists, y'all got to talk about this at your next, like, big conference, you know, to get your story straight. Because on one hand, you've got this type of conspiracy that says, clearly... They have to be the same person because no two people look exactly the same. However, we spent the last half an hour talking about all these conspiracies that are based around the fact that you can have somebody that looks just like somebody else, a body double, right? So pick a lane, conspiracy theorists. First of all, um, if you uh, conspiracy theorists are having a meeting, please invite us. We would love to participate in that just once. Right. We could we could keynote it. And um, second of all, I'm just going to go on record right now and say we're like 10 months into a pandemic and I'm looking for joy anywhere I can find it. So I'm choosing to believe this. <laughs> this is not busted. We we believe this one is actually true. And I got to say, out of all the ones we've talked about, this is probably the most feasible, which is really saying a lot. 
sure. <laughs> I, I'm just choosing. I walk through life now believing that this is happening because then I can even feel comforted when John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, God forbid, someday die. I know that they will be back in 70 to 80 They really years. won't be. Yeah, exactly. And that brings me comfort, you know? So I'm going to hold off on our last conspiracy and because mm-hmm. I think we have one more. We have but, one, yeah. Yeah, but, but but that one is just like such a topper that I feel like mm-hmm. it needs to, we need to give it its own little it's moment. Like a champagne topper for real. It, I mean, it's it beautiful. Is, it is, it is. But like, so talk about comfort a little bit. I don't know, about a week ago, Mindy Kaling tweeted out, and we, we got to kind of dig into this. This is the food content. So she said, there's a pie trend lately of completely not sweet pies that are sweetened by the, quote, natural sugar in the berries or some BS. It's very upsetting. Yeah, first of all, not in my house. So we're going to put down some hard limits for the sugarless natural sugar berry pies. That's, that won't be happening. I like the American tradition of bathing my fruit in a ton of sugar and lemon juice and then baking it into a pie and then topping it with even more sugar in the form of whipped cream, whatever I have on hand. So, and, and somebody, I saw somebody had replied and said on Great British Bake Off, they're constantly talking about how Americans desserts and stuff are too sweet, which mm-hmm. I mean, I agree. Sure, they are, but also it's like, then don't have pie. I don't like a ton of sweet, sweet things. So I think there are a ton of too sweet desserts. I don't think berry pies. are. No, I was going to say, like, I think that's where you're going down. Like these crazy chocolate things. Right. But like, I've never really thought about a berry pie being like, you know what the problem with this is, is it's too sweet. No. And I love cherry pie is probably one of my top three pies. Which we can get into our top three pies. In no, a I think we need but to. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> the content that people deserve. But I cherry pie is one of my favorites, and I don't even add that much extra sugar. But you just like to well, juice the berries a little bit. Well, that's not like someone was saying. They're like, you can probably in any given pie recipe, fruit pie recipe, you could probably have the sugar and you won't even notice it. So it's fine. But like you can't, you don't get rid of it because there's also kind of... I feel like there's a texture relationship to that a little bit too. Just the juice sweetening it has a different, you know, I almost said mouthfeel, but I'm not a douchebag. So I'm not going to say that. I, I guess I did use it from now on. So my top pie is strawberry rhubarb pie. Really? And that's in a, a way that's sort of the whole point of the rhubarb in it is to make it a little less sweet. And so like cherry pie is kind of a tart pie also, right? They're not. Yes. I mean, like what fruit pie is like super duper. I guess a strawberry pie by itself probably feels pretty sweet. Apple's my number one pie and I make a really delicious apple pie. I don't put a lot of sugar in it. I think I put like a scant quarter cup just to coat the apples. But a good deep dish apple pie is my favorite. But again, the apples are so sweet. Which is why I could see like if someone was like in a like throw down about two sweet pies if you like over sugar and apple pie you're going to be like oh my god and the same thing like those strawberry pie because i feel like a strawberry pie Mm -hmm. traditionally also is a lot of a gelled filling to it you know and which feels like a lot of sugar but i think about like cherry pie or strawberry rhubarb or even other berry pies you know Mm -hmm. even like a boysenberry pie or something like that they're all not super sweet yeah 
Blueberry might be a little sweet, but I was gonna say of the berry pies I eat, I rarely eat a strawberry pie. It's not in my top ten. I I, I wouldn't like, and I love strawberries, but like I'm not. Yeah. I I do not see appeal of a strawberry, but strawberry rhubarb, yes, yeah, and I think that's that why because it, yeah, it's that tart cuts mm-hmm. the the thing. Side note about strawberry rhubarb, rhubarb pie. So when I was growing up, you know, when it was your birthday, you got to pick you know, what was for dinner right. and then what was the dessert. And so my sisters okay. are about 10 years younger than I am. So they used to hate it on my birthday because I would want strawberry rhubarb pie. And so now you've got like my six and eight year old sisters who are like, why can't we have cake? What is this bizarre thing that, you know, but they had right. to deal with it. But the other thing that's funny a little bit, it's also sweet, um, not too sweet. Haha. <laughs> so my birthday's in December and on a non-zero amount of times in my life, I have dated somebody or or had a very good friend. It hasn't always been like a you know dating situation. Who decide, you know what? I've, I they find out that my favorite pie is a strawberry rhubarb pie. So they decide they're going to make me a homemade strawberry rhubarb pie for my birthday. You cannot get fresh rhubarb in Chicago in December. I mean, you can, but it always ends. It's funny because it's happened like at least three times in my life. Because, and I appreciate that someone wants to do this, but I, I almost feel like I now have to qualify when I tell people that that's my favorite pie, and they know where my birthday is. Like, you don't have to. Don't try to make me one for my birthday because it, you will get very upset because you're going to have to go down this crazy rabbit hole of trying to find the one place in the greater Chicagoland area that happens to have rhubarb in December. You can you can make me a fresh pie. On my half birthday, that would be just as good. I'll make you a strawberry rhubarb pie on your half birthday. Okay, you'll have to come pick it up. I'm not bringing it out to you. I mean, that would just be ridiculous. Paul, we're just not not traveling. But I, your reaction to a strawberry rhubarb pie in December is my same reaction to when someone inevitably at a Christmas party every year offers me a caprese salad. I don't want your December tomatoes. <laughs> no one wants them. <laughs> right. At best, they can get jarred and go in a sauce. I'm not eating your December caprese salad in Chicago. People need to make it stop. I know it's red and white, so it looks festive, but it's not okay. There, there are other things that are red and white that you could make. Sure, like a or you could get some Cheeto. food coloring. Yeah, anything. <laughs> you know, I can't. We have holiday party season off this year, okay, people? So by next year. Christmas 2021, you have to stop trying to serve me a December Caprese. This is our, you know, hashtag no December Caprese. Make a trend, people. Please. No December Caprese and no December rhubarb. And it's just two simple rules. It's just really that easy. Um, Are you you team pie or team cake? Team pie all the way. Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. We can continue to have this. I don't love frosting. Right. Cake is not my thing. Yeah. No. No, I don't. I I don't I'd like it. I'm I'm the person that does like a cupcake sandwich because it's mm. too like you get these cupcakes and there's like seven inches of frosting on the top of it, and I'm like I really don't want any of this. You know, I'm sure it looks beautiful and everything, but then like you know, then you have like my sister who eats frosting out of a can if she could, right? You know, and I'm like that just seems you talk about too sweet. Don't don't worry about like using natural sugar of berries and pie. Like go go no. go against the big frosting lobby first. Thank you. Right? Everything. <laughs> has fondant and buttercream now and i want it to end well fondant is just for people who expose the fact that they used to eat play-doh as children you know gross (laughs) 
So speaking about like children and things you learn mm-hmm. when you're a child. Oh, yes. That's I think that kind of brings segue. us to our, our. Yeah. See, we are content masters. So I don't want to even lay this one out. I don't even know the right way to introduce it. But we'll just say this is. Kelly, tell me, tell me what people think um, about Leah Michelle. They say that Leah Michelle can't read. <laughs> they say she never learned. <laughs> and I found out that this originated because two guys who host a podcast called One More Thing just did an hour episode showing all the evidence that Leah Michelle can't read. <laughs> and we'll it just put a link blew to that up. podcast in the show notes. I will. I'll give you all my sources, of course. Yeah. <laughs> But no, they say that Leah Michelle can't read. And their first clue was that they saw so many photos of her, so many videos of her not reading, going to fan events with everything pre autographed. So she would never. That seems more like that she can't write. (laughs) (laughs) You would think that even if she couldn't read, she could still sign her name. So you're kind of correct. (laughs) You can make a symbol. So also her Instagram stories always use captions and never words or emojis. So people think that she has the captions on because she can't type her message. But I think she's just being a friend of the disabled community. Like I have a friend who always captions her Insta stories. I mean, she's not Leah Michelle, but I'm pretty sure that my friend Rachel can read and write. But, you know, it's just an accessibility thing. Yeah, I didn't see that as a big thing. And then, but the thing was, she uh, she became Broadway famous as a small child. I didn't know that. So people say that because she missed school, she just never learned how to read. Now she has to cover it up. And that the reason um, she always works with Ryan Murphy is because he'll teach her her lines verbally. <laughs> he'll, he'll give her an assist. I love the thought of that. Just Ryan Murphy, everyone else has their scripts on the set of Glee. And he's like, now Leah and I will be in back doing this right. verbally. Leah also spoke out against this rumor and called it, <laughs> which I love because I think if someone told me there was a rumor I couldn't read, I would be like, the rumor is true. It's <laughs> right. ridiculous. But she told them that she was accepted to NYU and you have to pass an exam to get in. Right. So that proves she can read. And I'm like, right. I don't think that's the proof you're looking for. There was a 30 Rock episode where Tracy Jordan pretended he couldn't read so he could get out of work. And then they kept trying to trap him, proving that he could read. So I think it's easier to prove a, disprove a negative, right? Or it's easier yes. to prove a positive than prove to a prove positive a negative. So. A negative. But I think it'd be pretty easy for her to prove she can read, which would be like, here, read this. But she could have memorized it beforehand. You never no, know. but like if I just wrote it, uh-huh. Leah, come on our podcast and we will. <laughs> this is your ability because we are not part of the deep state. We, you know, so we're an authority. We're going to keynote the next big conspiracy theory conference. I, don't know. I just feel like that's exactly what someone who was a part of deep state would say. So I find it <laughs> weird that you just announced that. <laughs> if there's never another episode of Kishanan, you'll know why. It's because they why. got to us. <laughs> Deep State finally came for this podcast. She told us she could read. I guess I'll believe her, but whatever. I mean, I also don't know how much I care. No, I don't care at all. Right, right. That's Uh, what I'm saying. It's like, as things go, it's... The lowest of stakes. Which is kind of why I kind of wanted this to be the big one, where I know it seems like a little bit of a womp, 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 like the the way I built this up. But I like it because it is like such a crazy thing to sort of latch onto that. It's like a big cover up of it too. Right. You know, enough that someone could do a whole hour podcast about it. I feel like it's a rumor. A mean girl in school starts about you just for fuck's sake. Like, right. Just to start. And I love that that happened to Leah Michelle. 
There is justice in this world, I guess. Yeah. No, I was just going to say I wanted to know your top three pies. Oh, okay. We never did it. Strawberry rhubarb One. is right up there. And then I think it's it's probably cherry. And it's funny because I don't like... I'm not like always a big cherry fan, but a mm-hmm. good cherry pie, like good Michigan cherries. Yeah. Like that's amazing. And I think the next one is pumpkin. Okay. You know, and, but apple is like fighting for number three. Right. Now I'll tell you the worst thing is a sweet potato pie when you're expecting pumpkin pie. Really? Oh, well, I mean, there's probably nothing wrong with sweet potato pie by itself, but I remember like my freshman year in college, I went, you know, we had, it was actually like the day before Thanksgiving break and like in the calf, they had Mm. Thanksgiving food. And I was like, Ooh, a slice of pumpkin pie. And I took a bite and I was like, this is the worst pumpkin pie I've ever had in my life. And it was because it was actually sweet potato pie. So that kind of forever ruined sweet potato pie for me. I will not give it another chance when really it's only crime was not being pumpkin. That has to be a metaphor for something. I like all those pies. Those are good top three. I like sweet potato over pumpkin though. Well, I mean, if you didn't have the trauma that I did, then I can understand that. It's it's hard to come back from something like that. I like key lime pie, but only sometimes. Right. Right. And only if it's super good, like at Joe's Stone Crab, like that key lime pie is that amazing. That is a really good key lime pie. But but I don't like a lot of cream pie, you know, like yeah. coconut cream pie. Like a banana cream, like once every couple of years, I'll be good. You know, like I like a banana cream pie. It I makes like me think of banana pudding, pudding with Nilla wa- Yeah, with yeah. Nilla wafers, you know, so the pie is kind of wasted on me because I'm like, just give me like some jello instant banana pudding with Nilla That's wafers fair. and I'm, I'm good, you know, so. Yeah. I will, I will tell you about the whole team pie, team cake. So my friend Emily is ardently in the camp of team cake. And we fight about this a lot. We fight about other things like the Oxford comma also. So for her birthday, I sent her, I had a pie, I ordered a cherry pie from the Grand Traverse Pie Company in Michigan and shipped it to Very her delicious. in um, in Denver. And she's not, basically her response was, she's like, she's not team pie, but she's like, that was a pretty fucking good pie. That is so, a really good pie. Yeah. And unfortunately, I was going to say I put a link in the show notes where you could order it, but I feel like I went and looked at their website recently and I don't know if it's COVID or also maybe it's because it's like not season for them to make these pies anymore. So we'll still put a link to the Grand Traverse Pie Company in the show notes and, and hopefully yes. maybe someday you can order a pie from them. So delicious. That brings us to the end, I think, of our yeah our our second our sophomore our sophomore our Avril. sophomore effort. And you notice, Avril, we handled it just fine. I don't you know. know. However, if you do look on Instagram and you're like, oh, Kelly, Matt, they don't look quite the same. These are you my know, freckle check, patterns. Check the freckle patterns, right? You know, you can follow us on Twitter at Keishanon if you want. Go to Keishanon.com for the show notes and to subscribe to the podcast. Someone asked today about how long they have to wait before we're on Spotify. And the answer is however long Spotify takes. We did ask. We did. I submitted. But I think also we only had the one episode. So I'm willing to bet Spotify is like, okay, yeah, we're going to wait a little time. Thank you for listening twice. Twice. We're assuming if you listen to this one, you listen to the other one. If you haven't listened to our (laughs) other episode, go to Keishanon.com and check out our last episode about the Denver airport conspiracy. and. This is Kishanan, and the truth and the tacos are out there. 